Welcome to my show, Let's Talk, all about life after loss with me, Diane Parker. The show to help you whether you're pre-grieving, stuck in your grief, or looking for steps to help guide you right now, then you've come to the right place. Whether to share your story with me to help others, or to find some comfort around the sometimes difficult subject, you are warmly welcome. So let's talk all about life after loss. Hi everyone and welcome to Let's Talk About Life After Loss with me, Diane Parker. And today's guest is Julie Owen from Chase Financial Services. Now, one of the things that happened to me when I became a widow is that I suddenly turned around and thought, gosh, what am I going to live with? Because my husband hadn't got a good pension and had actually cashed it in before he died and um, I was just left thinking what am I going to live with so I if anything want to help anybody else out there not go through this um, and the years of struggles that I've had I did have a, um, a bit of an investment which is the only thing that helped me but today I've asked Julie to come along and advise everybody what they need to be looking at we had um, a mortgage and with that mortgage came a life insurance we hadn't even thought about when that finished our mortgage to continue with the life insurance. So um, welcome, Julie, and thank you so much for coming along today. Thanks, Di. Very happy to be Would here. Would you like to just start on what people should be looking at when it comes to what they've already got before they experience a bereavement? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's a really important thing to consider. And most people don't because we don't like thinking about, you know, what would happen in the event if, if I died or became critically ill or unable to work if I was disabled or sick. So a lot of people just put these off because and think I'll, I'll deal with that later or, you know, I'll pick that up at another time. But it's really important to pick it up really the sooner the better. The, from a finance point of view, the younger you are, the cheaper the cover tends to be. Um, so even now, as an example, I've got a 19-year-old daughter um, at university, even though she's at home at the moment with the COVID situation, but she's still doing her online stuff. Um, and I put policy in place for her last year. So I get a lot of clients say, you know, I want to do some savings. Can I do maybe £100 a month savings plan for, for the kids to help them? And I looked at it a different way and said, you know what, I'm actually going to do um, a protection policy because she's never going to get the premiums cheaper than she is now. You can do them from the age of 18. And so already as a 19 year old, she's got um, a lump sum, if God forbid, if she died between the age of now and the next 50 years, which is the maximum term um, that the the provider would allow her to run it for 50 years. Then there's a um, 500,000 lump sum. And if she got critical illness, then there's, um, I think it's about 370,000 as a critical illness lump sum. So if she got critical illness and then died, it would be the 370,000 plus the 500,000. And that comes out about £100 a month premium, so £25 a week. The beauty is she can carry that on forever. So once um, she gets through university and has her, her own job, she's got that cover in place. She can take over the premiums and start paying that. And on a lot of the policies, there's cover for kids as well. So when she has children, um, they'll be covered on some of the conditions under there up to age 18 or 
21 outside of full-time education ordinarily um, and that taps into all sorts of additional service there might be like a counselling service that you can tap into or like a boopa nurse if you've got a condition you want a second opinion on something then um, there, there's different services that will tap in so she doesn't have to think about that that's already set up now what would happen if she hadn't already set that up so say fast forward 10 years time she comes to buy her house um, her first home and she goes to get her insurance written and they say I'm sorry um, based on your family history and your health at the moment we're going to decline you altogether and that could happen and that does happen out there in the real world or they could say yeah we will give you cover but because again of family history or medical history we're going to load those premiums by 50 percent you know she's not got much choice she's got nowhere to go it's rare that your health would improve from that if you've already got something on your medical record um particularly if it's parents have some things happening before the age of uh, 60 then it all kind of counts in to say are the provider going to take you on at all if they do are they going to put a premium load in because you present a higher risk than the, the average person um, or are they going to say some exclusions we'll cover you for x y and z but we're not going to cover you for these conditions again because of your, your history so she doesn't have to ever think about that she's covered for the next 50 years um, and i can imagine those conversations coming back when her friends are getting the cover at that age their the premiums and they'll be saying oh my god how have you got them so cheap that's yeah because this was set up 10 years ago so every year that you delay the cover comes more expensive and if you look at what we spend money on at the moment you know most of us were quite happy to insure our house or our car you don't get to the end of the year and say that few hundred quid was a waste of money because i, ne I never claim my house didn't burn down so you know i could have saved that but my view would be there's nothing more important than your health so what would happen what would it be like for your family if you were taken out the equation if you did die or get critically ill or disabled unable to work you need to make sure they can maintain that lifestyle so i think doing it once at the start doing it right and hopefully that will see you through obviously you, the idea will be to review it uh, you know, if you have a financial advisor the standard is maybe you meet every 12 months and you just review everything to make sure it's in order but if you do those housekeeping things at the start then you don't really have to worry about having some uncomfortable conversations later it's done it's put in place and it gives you that peace of mind um, cover can start from as little as five pound per month so i think that's another misconception that or oh, I haven't got any money, I can't afford to get cover. But most people can find £5 a month just to get some level of cover. And just to ask for um, an illustration to say, you know, this is my affordability, um, a bit vulnerable for the next X number of years. Can you just run me some quotes and give me an idea? You know, we don't charge to do that. Our first meeting is, is at our expense. So we're quite happy to have an, an hour meeting with anybody sit down have a chat see what's important to them and um, if they've got any gaps give them some suggestions and there's absolutely no obligation to proceed there's no fee for that meeting they can go away have a look at those options and then if they want to come back and engage with us we, we can pick it up from there so i just wish more people would just have those initial conversations and have that peace of mind that they've at least looked at it and if they have said no that you know they've made an informed decision having known the facts and, and don't sort of live to regret oh my gosh what you know why didn't i um, at least consider it and come back to the advisor and say you know why didn't you tell me 
I think we, as advisors, we've got the responsibility to raise it as part of the service, the job we do. But I also think, you know, clients as well take a little responsibility more so and, and ask those questions. You know, this is playing on my mind. Um, you know, I've got a friend that's just got cancer or something here. It's made me think about my situation. Can I just pop in and have a chat and, and, and see, you know, can you review my existing cover or, or give me some ideas about what the gaps are and how you can help me? That's terrific, Julie. I mean, I, I, that used to be what we thought um, incorrectly, is that it was going to cost us too much of our income um, each month where we were saving up to create memories because we knew that my husband was at some point going to die in the future sooner than we had hoped. Um, <clears throat> and obviously, if we'd have started something sooner, we would have been in a I would have been in a different situation. Or indeed him, because you never know, as I used to say to him, you know, just because you've been told this doesn't mean to say it's going to happen to you first. We never yeah. thought to say, right, okay, let's just think about the pensions. It always seemed to be something that was in the future or even critical illness itself. Um, I mean, certainly the life cover came with the mortgage. So that was sort of um, in back in our day, it was done with your mortgage um i believe now it's and that's a good point because a lot of people do think that that you know you, you, the reason you take life cover out is yeah to clear the mortgage if i die that's one reason but it's, it's not i think we've lost julie there for a moment let's just pause the chat now right okay julie you were saying yeah, so um, years ago, um, when I took my first mortgage out as well, that we were able to get the mortgage approved unless we had adequate life cover in place. But um, a lot of providers now will allow you to proceed with the, getting the mortgage application um, through without actually having the life cover. So the onus is really back on the, the financial advisors and the clients themselves to make sure that that cover is set up because it's just so easy to miss it. You know, we have good intentions. We'll, we'll get round to um, reviewing our, our cover if anything should happen. And then we're busy being busy. So life happens and some people don't ever get round to sort of picking that up. And so are just leaving them, themselves and the families exposed that God forbid if the worst did happen, then, you know, what's the reality? Would the, the wife maybe left behind with, with a family? Would she have to sell that house? Um, you know, how, how are you going to, Get the kids through their education and all, all, all the headaches that would come with that so um the uh, the earlier the better really as i say from an age 18 ideally would be fantastic um but if not the sooner you can get some cover you can always go back and you know add more cover but to get something in place um the sooner the better because even if you had a lower level of cover in place that's going to provide some some sort of cover for the family some uh, providers will allow you to you know increase the cover or if not i would never ever cancel an existing policy until you've written a new plan in place just to make sure that it goes through the underwriting with the medical health etc questions and it's accepted before cancelling any other policies but once you've got a policy in place for the life cover or the critical illness or so um, then in most con terms conditions that they would the provider would never be able to cancel that cover on you there are little bits on there that, that they may review every few years but generally most of that they, they wouldn't be able to cancel that life cover that summer short um, once the plan is in place but you can cancel it any time if you know if affordability became an issue or you needed to drop those premiums down 
Sarah, I think I think I just really I'm quite passionate about getting people to just think about you know what would happen and that, that's all we're asking people to do just look at your situation and say okay god forbid if i died got critically ill became unable to work through ill health or disability what's the reality what would the lifestyle be for my family um, and okay what are my options and and then just let us look at some illustrations with you and say look there's, there's different scenarios we can say here's option a here's option b this is the cheapest one here's option b the middle ground here's option c you know we may say we'd advise for option c really that would cover the gaps but if affordability is an issue maybe go somewhere between the first and second one but whatever you feel is the right thing to do at least then you've as I say made the informed decision and you've looked at the facts and you've made a decision that you can live with and and if the answer is actually i don't think i need anything because i'm, I'm comfortable with what i've got that's absolutely fine you've done your bit of at least considering it so um, that's really why I just like to sort of spread the word to say, do you know what? We're all going to die. It's one and one, isn't it? When, um, we just don't know when. So to have some kind of discussion about putting something in place that's going to protect you or your family, then it's a, a good thing to do. And it um, should be the initial meeting, particularly for ourselves. There's, there's no fee for that. So um, I think, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you just go and have the conversation? I don't want to be like, I was wishing that I had met you before Andrew died. There is, you know, there's no going back. Once somebody is left, then there's, you know, it's about now looking. What do you need to do to put things in place to help support you at the time, this time and going forward? So just to wrap up very quickly then, Julie, what order would you say if there was going to be a checklist that people should first go for? Is it the life cover? Is it critical health? Um, if they, you know, if budgets are low, I mean, obviously, if you're a bit older like I am <clears throat> than your daughter to start these things off, which way around would you suggest? Yeah, it's, it's, that's a tough question because everybody's so different and their needs. You, you could argue that a single person with no dependents isn't worried about having life cover. You know, they may say, do you know what? I've got 200,000 mortgage. And if I die, then, you know, the house will be sold and that will clear it. And I don't need to worry about leaving any money to anyone. But if they got a critical illness, if they were diagnosed with cancer, and particularly if there's no cover through their employment or so, they may say, do you know what? That lump sum of maybe 100,000 critical illness on payout on diagnosis that will allow me to have a bit more time off work than I'd originally planned and really get my health back before I go back into the workplace and on that basis they may go for the critical illness somebody with a young family so maybe a husband with um, a wife and, and two small children and affordability is an issue because obviously critical illness will cost more than life cover because it's far more likely to happen um so the risk is higher than for the providers so somebody with a young family may say life cover you know i i can afford 10 quid a month um to pay a premium that if i died then a lump sum of x hundred thousand will be paid out for my wife and that's an important part because then the mortgage will be clear and that will make it easier going forward and i'll take my chances on the critical illness you know ideally i'd love everybody to have the, the main types of cover but sometimes you've got to make choices and put it to that that situation somebody else may, maybe there's a breadwinner um particularly self-employed people and they may say income protection you know if something happened where i couldn't work if i felt ill or disabled and and my my income is based on the, the hours that I work. If their health 
deteriorates um, then they can have a policy that would come in and pay, pay a monthly premium for a set term sometimes up until retirement whatever the term they select and maybe that's a priority for them because they need to get through that that period of not working and they may not consider the life of the lump sum or the curriculum as, as important so it, it depends very much on what that person's circumstance is and what they're trying to achieve and what their family situation is whether they've got dependents or or, or, you know, it, it's about covering them, their income in the event of illness or critical illness. So, Julie, if, if any listeners are now thinking, gosh, I need to review this, um, well, I know, obviously, we're here on the Isle of Man, so there'll be different regulations, I'm assuming, for you here, is that to the UK? Yeah, so um, we're regulated by the Financial Services Authority here on the Isle of Man, but it's just a quick phone call to, to our team, so 640350 um or contact us by, by email um and we'll be happy to help you what's your email julie my personal email is julie at chasewealth.im right that's great and what about if they're in the uk listening to this or further afield what kind of credentials should they be looking at um for somebody that they're going to ask this advice from well, again, I would just just go. It's always good to get personal recommendations. Go and see somebody, but um, yeah, by all means, just ring through to a financial advisor firm and ask them do they charge for their initial meeting or you would find that most firms would at least give half an hour to somebody to have a sort of quick chat through and give them an idea of, of what's available and and go from there. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming along today, Julie. And that um, if anybody's got any issues or any um, wants to talk about this topic any further, they can either drop me a line at diana at lifeafterlossiom.com or to Julie. And what's your email again, Julie? Julie at chasewealth.im. Okay, thanks very much. Bye. Thanks, Diana. Nice to talk to you. Bye-bye. If you would like to find out more about my services, please visit www.lifeafterlossiom.com or you can email me at diane at lifeafterlossiom.com should you have any questions that you would like me to address on my next podcast. If, as way of thanks for any of, for any of you that come on board uh, and give me that all-important email address, I have for you a free ebook as my thanks. I would also like to extend my thanks to Northwestern on Upbeat for the music intro piece by piece. Until next time, I'll see you again on Let's Talk Life After Loss. Bye now.